Alrighty, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in episode 217 of the Get Around podcast. Happy to be with you on probably the nicest day of the calendar year so far, or at least close to it. It is a, a, a beautiful Monday afternoon, and we are in a windowless, small podcast studio here at the Traverse City Record Eagle. Yeah, where we can't enjoy it at all. But we it, know what's going on out there. Like by month, by like Wednesday, it's supposed to be almost ninety. Really? Yeah. I was hiking. Like high eighty seven, eighty eight. I think. I was hiking on Sunday, Saturday, one of those. Sunday. I went hiking Sunday. I went hiking yesterday, and I went. I was like, I could go for a dip in the Boardman right now. Like I was this close to going for a swim, and that made me realize how much my body has been aching for warmth, like just warm weather at all. I've been, I was so conditioned mm-hmm. to, you know, Arctic temperatures that it got in the mid sixties, and I was like, I should go swimming. That's that's a good idea. I should let's let's go in and let's go, go swimming in the Boardman River. I didn't, but it did cross my mind. Oh, really, we're gonna be in the nineties though. Close, we're close. That's what the forecast calls for. And then, like by weekend, it'll be back down into the sixties and like sixties next week, which is still comfortable. And that's fine. I'm just glad that we are now, I'm assuming, past the point where we are going to be covering sports and shivering. Yeah. God, I hope so. <laughs> we did, uh, I, I was happy <laughs> getting out to the uh, the Ken Bell uh, Invitational last Thursday. Beautiful weather then. Uh, and that's really like what everyone was talking about. I even mentioned that in my story. All the coaches, players were like, "We're just glad it's nice outside." Yeah, makes things makes things a lot more enjoyable. Performing, mm-hmm. covering, watching, all of that. So yeah, I had the coaches come up and say the same thing to me at the baseball game, the St. Francis baseball game the other day. They're just like, "This is so nice to like be playing baseball and not have to like wear a hoodie." Yeah, I mean, you got out on the golf course Friday with our, our good friend uh, Harrison Beebe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Clay. I, I was able yeah. to golf. Uh, I golfed nine on Saturday over at the Crown. Uh, I it was my first time golfing since I've I'd hurt my uh, shoulder, had a uh, rotator cuff tear and uh, pinched nerve. So it was my first time. I was pretty nervous about it, and so I'm like, you know, Harrison, I'm only gonna golf nine. I don't want to do eighteen. I don't want to push myself because I don't want to re-injure the shoulder and mm-hmm. have to go through what I went through last summer which was two months of intense physical therapy to avoid surgery um and so we're waiting uh to tee off uh, on the first hole at the crown and i'm like all right you know start stretching out you know get yourself limber and feel good and you know did my stretches and i said all right take a practice swing and see how that feels and so i took a a practice swing easy it was an easy one easy going back but just going just the back swing i felt every muscle fiber in my shoulder tear and not in a bad way it didn't it wasn't like it hurt but it was i was stretching muscles and tearing muscles that i hadn't in almost a year and i went okay so you are you have to play old man golf today which means you can't swing hard i always do and you're just you're just trying to make contact with the ball and uh yeah it worked out pretty well i didn't keep score because um, like this is my first time back, I'm not even gonna bother keeping score. Uh, but it was. Uh, I I kept score, but you know, and it wasn't horrible. Did you break a hundred? No, one hundred two. 
Oh, that's not bad. Yeah. Where'd you play? Uh, Elmbrook. Yeah, we played 18 at Elmbrook. I do love Elmbrook. And, you know, I was okay with 102 because uh, one of my one of my new goals, and, you know, I've, I've changed the goalposts here for uh, for golfing now, is one of my new goals is if I play around without a tantrum, <laughs> then it, then it's probably all right. And I and I didn't have a tantrum. I didn't didn't have to throw a fit, or, you know, throw a club or anything like that. I can mean, I can I bring up my favorite James Cook golfing moment, real quick? <laughs> it's at Elmbrook. Which which one is the? It's, it's at Elmbrook. <laughs> it is at the. So that half what? That's nine. That's the par three. The nine, mm-hmm. right where you're shooting over the creek. All right, and you had been, you had been slicing and pushing right all day and you know you were like you know what i'm lining up i'm aiming left and you hit it straight as an arrow just straight left and you caught the top of that do you remember this catching the top of that tree and you knocked off like seven or eight feet of that tree it was a dead tree and you would hit it you hit you hit it straight on and like Six or seven feet, like a huge branch just fell down off mm-hmm. that tree. I doubled over laughing because <laughs> you were not happy, and I thought it was the funniest <laughs> damn thing I'd ever seen. Because you're like, I've been and doing this all day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play my slice, <laughs> and then you hit it straight, and you hit it so hard too. And that's like a that's thing. like a decently long par three, is right? I think I it's like, I th- like 170 I, something. I, yeah, because I think I got to hit my seven iron there, so I think that's like in the 160 to 170 range. Yeah, I actually I drove the green this time. I hit I hit the green and and stayed in the green. I always come up short because it. I barely. I think I hit the fringe and then it popped on. It plays longer than it looks. That's it, do- the thing it does. About it. it does. I had one time last year. Uh, Clay and I still talk about this. Uh, we were playing in like a little nine hole tournament, and and we were both playing horrible. And it was a, it was a, it's called a shamble. So it's where you both drive, and then you can play the best drive, and then from there on you have to play your, your, your ball. Own. You okay. have to play your own ball, and then you take the best score of the two, people. For that hole. Yeah. And everything. So. Not a pure scramble. Not right. A, not a pure best ball. Right. Um, and so we're on that hole, that number nine, and we're like, ah, oh, you know, it's just. It's a scramble. It's par three. We can we can both go for it mm-hmm. and everything like that. So we're both just trying to kind of hit the green and we both just shanked him to the to the left. And there's that line of trees protecting the the green yeah. to the left. We both had on the other side of the trees. <laughs> Isn't there water there? Uh, not right there. If if you hit short, okay. yes. But we hit like. We had the distance right. Yeah. We were just way off to the left. Yeah. And so we're both, we're looking at there and we're, and we're like, all right. We're like, okay, what what the heck? We're going to go for it. And we're like, I'm like, there's a little bit of an opening right here in these in these trees. And we could sort of see where the green was. <laughs> and we both just decided, just let it rip. Mm-hmm. And he hits his. And the guys that we were golfing with, like you get, you golf against two strangers, basically. Yeah. Um, are both like we start hear them cheering or whatever <laughs> <laughs> and everything and then i'm like all right well we got one on we can probably take yours clay and i get up there and i do the same thing and hit it right through that window right on the right on the green we wow. both we both just drilled the green through trees That's and everything and the guys we were golfing with were like 
That's and pretty it, good. And you didn't even see the shot, though, right? Did you no, have a view of the green? N- not very good. Okay. Like, but I could I, see the trajectory of the ball, and I was like, oh, this this could be pretty decent. The the few times that I have chipped in, I have not seen it happen. Yeah. I had the first the first birdie I ever hit, I didn't see the ball go in. Yeah. I was pitching in. I was chipping from underneath the hole and went to look for it, and I was like, where the heck is my ball? Did I, did I fly the green? And you go and you look, and you're like, <laughs> yeah. I always, when I can't, when it's not on the green... I was like, oh, fingers crossed, maybe it's in the cup, maybe it's in the cup. And then it, it, very rarely, and I mean like very, 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 very rarely is ever in the cup. It is often in the rough on the side of the green. But uh, enough of us yammering on about uh, about our... Uh, bad golf. Yeah, our bad golf games. Uh, we have a, a wonderful show for you here on episode 217 of the Get Around Podcast, which is brought to you by Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's has two locations here in Traverse City. They make subs that are freaky fresh and are freaky. F- they do it freaky fast because they're Jimmy John's. Freaky out. Awesome. All right, so we got some we got some good stuff. This is a good show uh, that we have today. Coming up a little bit later on, we'll have uh, Glen Lake baseball players uh, Connor Choak and Luke Daniels of the seventh ranked in uh, what division? Four? Three division four. Three? No, they're like they're four. Uh, and uh, yeah, they're four. So we'll have them uh, on the show. Uh, it'll be good to talk to them, and uh, they're probably better golfers than us. Yeah, we'll see. We're gonna we'll do heads up again. We'll see how that goes. I'm having fun with that. I mean, I know it's gonna get mm-hmm. old at some point, and we'll have to switch and do something else. But uh, it, it's fun for now. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we'll get into our get around Hall of Fame. A uh, couple of nominations, including. Uh, yeah, a golfer, a track and field athlete who uh, who won three times over at the Ken Bell Invitational uh, at TC Central on Thursday, and a golfer who yeah, <laughs> who golfed better than us. I think is the best way to say it. A golfer by thirty shots. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we'll get into our uh, our, our duo Lipa, our uh, two person trifecta, and uh, talk about our favorite of the largest sports spectacles that aren't the four major sports. So no World Series, no Super Bowl, no Stanley Cup, and no NBA Finals. But everything outside of that, one of our favorites uh, to, to watch, uh, that, of course, is uh, inspired by uh, this past weekend's Kentucky Derby and the uh, long-shot winner Crazy. of Rich Strike. And I hope a lot of people struck it rich betting uh. for that one. Uh, yeah, I know. I should leave. <laughs> Did you see like the uh, the overhead view of that though? I of, like watched of, like it, where he was at and made his his run from. I had to watch it several times just to be able to to follow him. But yeah, it was unreal. Yeah, and working through traffic like not, and then just that yeah. coming down the stretch like that, and then just going like I am I get out of my way. Get out of my way. I'm getting past everybody. Wild. And I don't know who did the call on NBC, but that has to be one of the greatest Kentucky Derby calls uh, in history. It was so well done. Like, that guy knew his stuff. To be able to identify, like, would you even pay attention to the to the long shot? Would you even bother The, the one that just got into the race, like, you, yeah. that previous day? Would you even bother remembering, you know, the 80-to-1, the... 80 to 1, the no, but he knew it right away. Like, you listen to the call, and he's like, 
Rich strike the longest. I mean, I guess you would commit that to memory, knowing like, mm-hmm. so hey, if if you know this horse wins, but <laughs> wild stuff. I love the Derby. I I really do. It's uh, I, I took a I took a quick break from compiling prep uh, roundup <laughs> to watch the Kentucky Derby. I'm like, I can take two and a half minutes. <laughs> so uh, aside from that, um, I wanted to start off with. One of the craziest things I think I've ever, I didn't see it happen, uh, but I went and went back and looked at the, the game summary of Sutton's Bay's uh, six to five win over Birch Run. And I just want to run through it really quick. I want to go through Sutton's Bay's at bats because they won six to five on a walk off uh, on a game Saturday. So their first inning, Strikeout, strikeout, single, strikeout. They had a single in the in the first inning. That was uh, Sean uh, Shenaniquet. And it looks like it was an infield. It says on Game Changer that it was a fly ball to the first baseman. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume that's a, uh, an infield single. We'll go to the bottom of the second. Ground out, strikeout, strikeout. Then let's move on to the third. Uh, strikeout, fly out, ground out. Head now to the uh, fourth for Sutton's Bay. Walk, walk, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. And then we'll get into the bottom of the fifth. Strikeout, strikeout, walk, walk. Uh, a walk, but during that, um, it well, there was uh, Lu- Lucas Gordon uh, scored on a wild pitch. So... Lucas Gordon walked to uh, to start the inning, or or to st- after a couple of strikeouts. Lucas Gordon walked. Ben Murphy walked. Hugh Perryard is up. Uh, Lucas Gordon scores on a wild pitch. Uh, Hugh Perryard then walks. Uh, Sean Shenaniquet then walks. That forces in. Um, I think that forces, or does that not? That doesn't force in a run yet. That reloads them. That reloads the bases. Uh, there's an error. A uh, player scores on, on an error. Uh, Ethan Coleman hit a ground ball to uh, third. Uh, ben Murphy sc- comes in to score on that one. And so we've got the bases loaded again. Perriard on third, Shanaquette on second, and uh, Coleman uh, on first. Leighton Krumloff then walks. So that forces in a run. Now it's 5-3. to three. So they're down, they were down 5 to nothing to start this inning. And so far it is now 5-3, to three, and they have yet to get a hit. They've hit. Okay. Or, or, or by the sounds of it, anything out of the infield. Yes, nothing out of the infield. Uh, we get a fly ball uh, to the shortstop. Error on the shortstop. And we get two people coming around to score on that one. So uh, Shenaniquet scores and Ethan Coleman scores. It is now 5-5. Five to five. Okay, five, it is 5-5 five to five right now. Mm-hmm. They have not gotten a legitimate hit. The ball has not been hit out of the infield. And this is all with two outs. The first two batters of the inning struck out. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Grayson Opie walks, loading the bases. So you've got Krumloff on third, Tyler Porter uh, on second, and, and Grayson Opie on first, loading the bases again. What do you think the other team is thinking at this point? Like, Birch Run, what are they – are they losing their minds? Is the coach in the parking lot already? Has he already just, like, <laughs> there's no way, like, we're obviously going to lose this game based on how crazy this has gone. Uh, and then Jackson Laux is up, uh, and 
ball one, ball two, ball three, and then uh, on that ball three is a wild pitch, and Krumloff comes in to score a walk-off win with the team's Sutton's Bay had one hit on the day, and that hit came in the first inning. They scored <laughs> six runs in their last at-bat to win on a walk-off wild pitch. I could not believe it when I was going through this on Saturday. I texted you. I, don't, mm-hmm. I know you were out doing stuff, and uh, uh, but I'm like, I, remember I, try, that. Yeah. I try not to bother you on days off, but I'm just like, I need to tell James about this. James needs to know about what the hell happened in this game crazy and who are they playing again birch run poor birch more, run more like unearned run am i right wow <laughs> how long have you been you were saving that up you were like i got a good one and like it was like two minutes i've had that on deck that uh yeah i just i i felt we needed to to talk about that on a podcast because i called my dad up <laughs> and i'm like dad you gotta <laughs> listen to this insane thing that happened in a baseball game because the only the only RBI of the game was Leighton Krumloff was his bases loaded walk. The rest of them, the the rest the other five runs were not considered runs batted in. Nice, wild. Okay, so I just wanted to bring that up. I because it was nuts. But uh, I also will kind of segue into talking about you know now that we're. Uh, well into the uh, baseball and softball season. James, I'm curious to know, like, on, on the baseball side of things, other than Glenn Lake, obviously, who is probably one of the, you know, uh, or a clear contender here, who do you see on the baseball side of things right now? We'll get into softball in a bit, but who are our uh, uh, contenders that you see here in, in our area? Uh, I, I think the odd, well, Glenn Lake is the obvious one. I mean, ranked number seven in, uh, in Division Four. Uh, we, you know, we've got a couple other teams that have been, kind of going in and out of the the polls. I mean, Misek was in there for a little while, then St. Francis beat them, and they dropped out, and then St. F- those wins, along with beating uh, Boyne City, propelled St. Francis back into the the rankings and dropped Boyne City out. Um, you know, Frankfurt, I think, was in there for a little bit, I think, like at the at the bottom of Division Four mm-hmm. in, the, in the rankings for a, a week or two. Petoskey was in there at the start of the season. Um, and, you know, and I think Traverse City West was in there uh you know based on i think the uh, the people around the state know who Wyatt daniel avich is <laughs> yeah <laughs> and but i mean you got josh klug over at tc central too so whoever comes out of that district yeah is it between surprising central west is, is it surprising that we don't have west or central ranked in the top 20 um i mean they've lost a few games here and there but that's because they've played a pretty strong schedule they've, yeah. they've both gone and played a lot of downstate teams outside of the conference and so they've gone and played tough competition you know they, they've played pretty close in a lot of those games and split you know some double headers here and there so you know those losses obviously are being held against them but come playoff time when you play those games and it's daniel avich or klug starting the majority of those games mm-hmm. that can be a whole new thing yeah because um, the way it's set up now, uh, you know, you can have your ace pitch in districts, regionals, and quarterfinals. Whereas before, you kind of had to have it really work out. Um, because they would they would have districts, and then they'd have super regionals in between, 
which was basically your regional semifinal. And then they do the regional final and the quarterfinal in the same day. So you basically can only use a pitcher once in that. And and in between, you might have to kind of limit their pitch count and stuff. So, But now I think you can use your, you'll be able to use your ace at all three of those levels to try to get yourself to the final four. At which point your pitcher's pitch count should be back to zero so you can use you can throw your ace in the semifinal at least try to get to the final and go from there which is what a lot of teams do but so you got a guy like daniel Levich, klug charlie peterson at st francis um which is our only other ranked team uh in the area right now is uh, traverse city st francis uh, among you know from divisions one through four it's just st francis is sitting there at 19th in division three and Glen Lake is 7th uh, in uh, Division 4, unless I'm missing any. No, I don't think so. Uh, we've had a bunch of other teams that have been in those rankings yeah. like you said, uh, uh, in here now. and there. But, yeah, there's nobody else that's in there right now, currently. So, you know, I think those are the teams that you're looking at. And, you know, with baseball and, and, and softball, too. It comes down to pitching. Is, is Louisville, uh, you know, two, three, four years down the line, are, are they – going to be a college world series contender given just having klug and danilevich on, on the same God, team i'd hope so right wouldn't that, that be, i mean that'd be pretty I, that sweet be exciting right? for us yeah knowing just having you know those two uh, those two out there on the softball side of things we've got some uh mm-hmm. we've got a, i think a wider pool or deeper pool of uh, of contenders um obviously we we start with Traverse City, St. Francis, and and what they've done and what they're doing. Uh, Especially, I didn't know this coming into the interview last week. I didn't realize how small their roster was. I didn't realize that they were doing this Mm -hmm. with 11 players. Yeah, and at the beginning of the season, basically only nine because two of them were hurt. So if they had another injury, they're looking at possibly having to forfeit games. And their baseball teams is kind of the same way. They have have a varsity and JV for baseball. They have 22 kids. That's that's eleven each. Are they not ranked? St. Francis. Yeah. No, they're number four. Oh, oh they're number four in Division three. three. Okay, Division I went. I, I yeah. looked at. I, I was looking at Division that four. That was my bad. I'm like, where is Traverse City St. Francis on this list? I'm like, I know yeah. I saw them. And and also in D three in the honorable mention list, you've got Charlevoix, mm-hmm. who's had a, who's had a nice season after. I mean, they had a pretty solid year last year too. But they graduated a lot of girls from that team. Um, but they still have a. Um, a pretty solid team there, and and Kingsley is also in the honorable mentions. I mean, they've been destroying a lot of teams. We've got Gaylord at at four in Division Two. We obviously know the the depth of yeah. talent on that yeah. roster. Oh, and I should go back too. Kingsley baseball, right? Kingsley baseball has been good. I mean, they played Traverse City Central in a doubleheader the other night. And both games were very close. I think one and two runs. And and they played St. Francis in a tournament the week before and whooped them. Like, it was like 12 nothing, or something. I mean, they didn't throw Peterson or something like that, I'm going to guess. But still, that's still impressive. Yeah. Um, you know, so Kingsley's had a good a good baseball season. But yeah, and, and, and in softball too, which is, which is pretty amazing for Kingsley softball because... Um, Carly Roloffs is maybe one of the better players in the area coming back. She hasn't played all season. She uh, tore ACL in basketball season. And uh, so... They're doing that without her. 
Yeah, I mean, she's their dominant number one pitcher, and they had to completely change everything around. Yeah, Division Four. looking at the honorable mentions, uh, Onakuma, obviously a contender with uh, Sophie Wisniewski. Um, yeah, when you, got that dominant, when you got that dominant number one pitcher. Yeah, Misik was in there for a little while, weren't they? In softball, too? I think so, and I, but I don't see Kalkaska anywhere. And I think that they are proving themselves to be a contender with uh, solid pitching um, mm-hmm. that you're getting from... From Maya Miller. Yeah. Yeah. They would be in D2, though, and they would run into one of the other teams that we haven't brought up, which is Gaylord. I, br- I brought up Gaylord. Yeah. 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 I mean, we haven't talked about it at length I mean, yeah. today, but uh, but yeah. So, Kalkaska versus Gaylord in districts or regionals, wherever that happens. I haven't looked at the assignments yet, but, uh, you know, that would be a pretty interesting one, too. I think it's safe to say that we'll have some teams going far uh, in, in the postseason mm-hmm. on both the, the baseball and softball diamonds. All right, and the uh, last thing that I wanted to talk about, and I... You know, at this point, they they need to get some attention. They need a little bit of love. Uh, we had two of them here on the podcast as our first in-studio guests in, like, five months. That was uh, Matt Ochoa and Ben Chillette, uh out of Traverse City United. What that team is doing right now is spectacular. They started the season one and two, lost two of their first three, lost their grand opener to Grand Ledge, uh, beat Warren De La Salle and then lost uh, Portage Northern. Since then, they've rattled off nine straight, nine straight wins. Yeah, and most of them not close. Like no, they've been, we'll, like they've been winning pretty regularly by yeah. like five, six goals. We'll run through the scores: seven five to Livonia Stevenson, so that was a close one. But then seventeen four, fourteen seven, ten eight, fourteen nine, sixteen two, eleven six, fourteen seven, and fifteen eight. Um, and I mean, I'm gonna just go ahead and. And not against nobodies. No, I want to give us credit for the get around bump. It is get around bump. Yeah, you, you know we're we're quite helpful. We're going to see St. Francis is is going to have Central has been playing well. Central baseball has been well since you know we had uh, uh, Klug mm-hmm. and Seabase on here. I am sure that St. Francis baseball will continue, or St. Francis softball will continue to play well mm-hmm. uh, after having uh, Brooke Meeker and uh, Stephanie Schichtel on here last week. So. Glen Lake should be pretty happy having, not that they need our help, mm-hmm. but uh, we'll go ahead and give them the get, the get them to get around bump right get before the Schlosser Invitational. Yeah. What are you uh, What are you expecting from United for the rest of the year? They're now ranked fifth uh, in the state in in D one. Yeah, which I think Cross. is, which I think is maybe the highest they've ever been ranked. Okay. Um, I don't remember them ever being ranked this high, even in previous seasons when they had a pretty decent record. They. Still have not been getting, I think, the looks in those rankings that you would maybe think that they would. Um, and maybe that's a, a downstate, upstate bias or whatever. But um, with with what they're doing this year and they're going downstate and they're beating teams down there and they're doing it pretty impressively, And because people have taken notice. Yeah, and they've had to add more difficult opponents, at least two of them, because... They were scheduled to play Traverse City St. Francis, but St. Francis couldn't field a team. Mm-hmm. So they had to fill those holes, uh, and, and I think they did so with more difficult competition. Because those were probably the only teams that had games open. Yeah. People didn't want to play them, but if you got the chance to, you go do it. 
So uh, they are hosting uh, a playoff match coming up? Yeah, I think it's next Friday, the 20th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, to open the regionals. Um, they don't know who they're playing yet, I don't think. Um, but they will be hosting that game at Thurlby Field that Friday evening. So if you want to be able to go see TC United, that is your only chance without hitting the road. Yeah, to watch a super talented and right now red-hot boys mm-hmm. lacrosse team. And think of how good they'd be if they would have been able to absorb the St. Francis players for a season. Not only that, but, like, you know, they got off to that slow start because they had some injuries, and now mm-hmm. it seems like they have, they're gelling perfectly. Many of these kids have been playing together, uh, lacrosse together, since middle school. Mm-hmm. And it's it's paying off right now, and you can yeah coming up in that Y league cool that it's a it's a co-op team between Central and West. It that really does I think it makes it um, all the more special for for both schools and all the families and players involved. Mm-hmm. All right, well uh, that'll wrap up the pulse. Why don't we get into our interview with Glen Lake Baseball's Connor Chowick? and Luke Daniels. All right, it is uh, our pleasure here at the Record Eagle to welcome in two players from the seventh-ranked Glen Lake Lakers. Do you guys feel like you should be higher than seven? I see the smiles, um, and wow. I won't. I won't. Like right off the bat, I'm going to ask him. Like, you guys, are you guys better than what they're saying? Uh, we've got uh, Connor Choic. It's Choic, right? Yes. So I'm pronouncing it correctly. That's good. And and Luke Daniels, um, appreciate it because it's spelled. And we've had this conversation on the podcast before. But it took me a while. C i o l e k, but it's Choic, almost like there's a, a W in it, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a good pronunciation. How often is it mispronounced? All the time. Even at, like, home sporting events, it's often mispronounced. Really? Yeah, especially, like, in my JV years, it was all the time. It was always yeah. Cholik? Yeah, Cholik, Ciolik, Ciol? Chelik. Okay. That's yeah, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, you were, you were the one that gave me the, uh, the correct pronunciation. How did you find out? Uh, I think I just said the name to a coach one time, and they're like, that's not how it's pronounced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It happens a lot. Even Coach Flask, our basketball coach, would, he he kind of mess he messed up a lot of kids' names, and <laughs> so even I've known him forever, and he still messed up sometimes. Well, mm-hmm. uh, we appreciate both of you being here. Actually, I think it was Coach Angers. It was for was football. It? I think I was doing the preview for for football one year, and and uh, I was running down the roster. I had a roster in front of me, and I'm like, circle, you know, who's going to be starting here and here and everything like that. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, and this kid, and, and he's like, he's like, yeah, Trowick. And I'm like, what? <laughs> And didn't another, look like that at all. And <laughs> another last name that uh, we always wondered how, because it's not. We know it's not Angers, and we know it's not. It's Angers. It is. It, it is Angers. Yeah. Not, okay. Yeah. That into, one I know. I ran into. I ran into him. And, but I think uh, I, batchered, I butchered Choic for probably a year. Or so. <laughs> I ran. I ran into Jerry and uh, oh my God, who's his son that played Duke? Duke. Duke. Yeah. yeah, I ran into them over at uh, Slabtown Burgers uh, a couple of years ago. That, mm-hmm. was, that was fun. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, so how many We're burgers did Duke have? <laughs> how many burgers was Duke you? having, though? How many like was? Like six? Oh, Duke I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> <he's>, yeah. <laughs> 
thank you guys for being here. I've said it now three times, but thanks for being here. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, you are seventh ranked in Division Three, Four? Four. Four. Yeah. This, we had the same conversation on the podcast before, and I got it wrong. Um, how has this season been going? How do you guys, you're sitting at 11-1 and one now. How are you feeling about the way things are going so far? Uh, we're pretty comfortable. We're just working on some stuff here and there, working on opposite field hitting, some just fundamental stuff like that, just refining our game. And we're feeling confident in our games. We have nothing to really worry about if we play baseball the way we want to play baseball. Have you enjoyed the, I, I know that you guys host a lot of baseball tournaments. Uh, do you enjoy doing that? Because I know you got the chance to play at Turtle Creek Stadium. What was that like? Yeah, that was super fun. And, like, we did that last year, and that was our, like, our only chance because uh, the season was canceled our sophomore year. So right. we only got to do it twice, and that's a really fun experience. Like, they have really nice dugouts, and you get to sit in the stands and watch the other games. So it was fun. Mm-hmm. What is, is it different being on a field like that? Does it feel, does it feel bigger than, like, your, your normal at-home stadium? Yeah, definitely a little, and also, like, the hardest part is especially, like, because we play that, that's, like, our first tournament, so, like, grass at home is real, like, thick and weedy, so mm-hmm. the balls move really slow, but on the turf, it, like, flies, so, like, especially in the outfield when you're getting, like, a base hit, it just goes right by you sometimes, so mm-hmm. it's it's interesting. And you guys play a lot of tournaments. It's, yeah, I think it's four, like, like, most seasons, right? Yeah. Four home tournaments, yeah, or four, four tournaments? Maybe three, yeah, three or four, but this year, it's, I think we've had... We had last week's. Uh, last week's was pop is that that's not we're, yours, but I mean it's. Yeah, we we were supposed to have a double header against Central Lake, and they backed out against us, so we joined that one, and that mm-hmm. was fun. Yeah, but yeah, we love doing the home tournaments. Yeah, because you have you have the one at Turtle Creek, and then there's what the the Weber and then Weber the and, and the Slosher and the Slosher. Yeah, and the Lake and Lake Invitational. So yeah. And then yeah, those are fun because we get to play good competition too. Gets us ready for the postseason. That was going to be kind of my follow up is like how does. How do those tournaments help prepare you for what the postseason is going to be? Uh, you face usually teams with like a lot of deeper pitching rosters, and they can really hit their spots more and get the outside corner. So helps us work on that outside pitch and go in opposite field. And it's just it's good testament to see where we line up in the state with teams from downstate or wherever they're from. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Coach Herman was saying that he he schedules those tournaments, those home tournaments, not just to have home games, but to get you guys in the the playoff routine on Saturdays. Yeah, it's also so like we usually start with the first game because we're home and it would be hard for another two faraway teams to drive really in the morning. So we'll start with that first one and then we usually have a two to four hour break which is like on a district Saturday or a regional Saturday that's what it's kind of like like you play that first game then you have to sit and wait through a two or one or two games so that also Mm -hmm. like helps us get prepared. Yeah, how different is that as a player to not play a double header and I mean that it's completely different routine playing a, a tournament on a Saturday than a, just a straight doubleheader. Yeah, it's it's a lot different, especially like because it's also like you got to prepare like even how you eat and like like one. I remember last year, I think it was this upcoming tournament. We uh, we came out a little rough in the first game against St. Francis, and then we went into the Laker Room, which is like our clubhouse sort of thing, and we had the lights off. And we were like playing video games. And then we came out and played the worst game of the season. <laughs> and after that, there were no more lights off, no more video games in between <laughs> tournament games. So that when was kind of funny. We had uh, a couple of St. Francis softball players on uh, last week, and they were talking about, I think they were playing East Jordan. And the East Jordan team had, like, full plates of pasta in between the two games of the doubleheader. Do you guys have, like, I'm not 
saying you're probably eating lasagna or anything like that, but do you guys have like a go-to um, in-between game meal? Usually just parents bring hot dogs or something. Yeah. yeah. It's just, we were told not to eat too much. <laughs> right. But yeah, just a couple hot dogs. Yeah. Lots of away games will do like the Little Caesars hot and ready's. Just get like five of them for the team. So. And does that not mess you up? Like I, if, I feel like if I <laughs> went and had, if I ate a bunch of pizza in between a game, I would like the second game, I'm asleep in the dugout. <laughs> but I mean, I am old. So that is, you guys are young and uh, energetic and vibrant. So. Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't bother us too much, but uh, definitely different than like a football or a basketball game. Like if you were to do that, you'd be out for the whole half. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what's fun about baseball. You know, it's kind of like relax a little bit, but then like at the end of the games, it gets intense too. So, you're so what, uh, I say, what's your favorite in dugout snack? Like not in between games where you have some time to go maybe microwave something, get something warm. Like what's something you sneak into the dugout to eat? I don't, Coach Herman's pretty strict about what goes on in the dugout, but he does strike me as the strict type. <laughs> yeah, but so probably just seeds. I don't know. I, I one time in a summer game, uh, we were playing Frankfurt, and I had mini donuts. So he's a little more lax, and I was eating them. That is a, that is a he was after a, my own yeah. heart right there. What mm-hmm. kind of mini donuts? They were just like the classic powdered ones. Like, Fantastic. Yeah. And yeah. He, Coach Herman was on third base, and I asked him if he wanted them, and he, he took the bag from me and ate a few while he was coaching third base. <laughs> yeah, I am. The, that's the, what I think they are, the, the hostess. Yeah. Yeah, the, that's like my Achilles heel, uh, <laughs> kryptonite or whatever. If I w- I can't walk by them in a store because they will end up in my cart. Like mm-hmm. so, I have to avoid that aisle completely. Um, like the other day, I was at a St. Francis game, and like they're sitting there in the dugout, like eating uncrustables. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, James, our catcher. Every between every game, I think he has like three uncrustables. But that's that's his go-to. I mean, he always has like the plastic lunch bag with the three uncrustables and like a Snickers bar or something. So are you both uh, three-sport athletes? Oh, no, I just play football and baseball. Just football and baseball, but yeah. you have the Glen Lake basketball shirt. <laughs> That's why I was confused because I'm like, I'm pretty sure he's just football and baseball, but then I saw the basketball and I'm like, all right, maybe he, he does play that. Uh, do you find it helpful to be a, a multi-sport athlete that it keeps you in kind of uh, like – game-ready shape both mentally and physically throughout the year? Yeah, I think so. I think it's just good because all the sports that you play, they work out, like, different parts of your body, and you have to work on different footwork and everything. So it just kind of, like, explores your body and expands all your, like, movements and stuff like that. And then just the mindset part, just staying focused in a game for that long, it just kind of helps you out throughout all the sports. Which one is more mentally taxing, football or baseball? Baseball. Yeah, definitely. Like, Why is that? Well, it's all. It's. I think it's like a game of like. And Coach Herman always before the season we have meetings about this and like throughout the season if you're struggling he'll like remind you like, like if you get down he has like green, yellow, and red. And if you get in that red, it's hard to come back out, especially in baseball. Like if you go in a slump, it's real tough to get out. So you got to like stay steady throughout the whole game, even if like you're not playing that well. And like in football, you know, you can just go out and like basically punch someone in the face and then just you're back in the next play. I mean, you could do that in baseball too, but I, I don't think you're going to be playing much. Yeah. Be a little more noticeable. <laughs> um, and, and you guys, talk about the, the the lucky sombrero that you guys have that, uh, that Coach will only sometimes let you bring in the dugout, right? Or it has to stay in the bus, I think. I, sometimes uh, we can definitely wear it on the bus. Most of the time he'll make us take it off when we're walking to the dugout but it can be in the dugout, just not on your head. 
So like we'll hang it up in the back of the dugout. But the funny, it was funny when we went down to states last year. We just had it on us the whole time, like in the hotels and stuff. And I guess it worked. Mm-hmm. But you didn't sneak it into the dugout at states, right? I can't remember. We I might think, have. I don't know if you let us in it. I, I, I don't, don't remember know. seeing it. James James is always a little sneaky with that sort of stuff, so he might have done it. But sombrero and uh, the uncrustables. Yeah, got that. Um, he hide these uncrustables in, in the sombrero. The <laughs> so where did this where did the sombrero start? Like. Has it just been a long-standing tradition, no, or is I, it a more of a recent thing? I think it started last year. I, I can't remember. It might have been Henry Lurchin, who always was just all over the place. He, I think, might have brought it in one day, and then Ryan wore it around, and now carried it on with James. He's kind of the handler now. And so why doesn't Coach Herman like it? Why won't he allow it into the... Uh, he's just kind of classic, traditional, doesn't like to be flashy. You know, we, he, he makes us wear our the curved brims, no flat bills, always on forward. Okay, so you guys, he with your two backward hat right now, he would not allow that. Yeah, he, <laughs> if they were going like baseball hats, we'd be in trouble right now. <laughs> is it, with, with that in mind, and this is probably a question that will get you guys in trouble, but is it fun to play for him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. At least he's that you enjoy playing for him. What is it about him that you like playing for him and, and how important was it for you to be there for that milestone win when he won 400? Uh, it was important to be there for that 400, especially because like, he didn't know it was coming. He didn't really pay attention to his numbers when it was coming up. So when we surprised him, he was just like in shock. He didn't realize that he got the 400. <laughs> so that was important like to be a part of that. And to be a part of that win was just kind of a cool experience and everything like that. So that was really exciting. Yeah, I, I think the best part about playing for him is just like, like you watch him on third base and you can just like see him processing like what he's gonna do and his like strategy is just like beyond any of us like I, I think there was a game last year it might have been one of our like regional games where he was we were like maybe down a run or something and he said okay this inning we're gonna bunt the guy to first steal him to second bunt him to third and then squeeze him home and that's what we did and like I was like how did that just happen is he just like a baseball scholar? Like oh, he yeah. just yeah. like he, he just loves the game. Yeah, yeah, he he has like probably well in the school he's notorious. He teaches like history and he teaches AP US history and AP government and he's notorious for giving about stacks of like that thick of paper like every week. So uh and then it's the same in baseball. Like before the season we have pro- like every day we'll have a meeting before practice and he gives us you know a sheet or two a paper and like you have to like know everything on the paper but it helps and like it it proves like he's won 400 games like is there something that he's taught you that has that you can point to and say that has helped me become a better baseball player yeah definitely uh stuff with the mental game he'll when when you're pitching and you're like throwing a lot of balls or something he'll tell you to like to find something small in the stands and just stare at it for a couple seconds take a couple breaths and just kind of refocus or stuff like that. He'll just tell you little reminders to, like, uh, sometimes just say flush it and go like that, and you flush it and move ahead if you can make an error or something. And just staying positive in the mental game really helps in baseball a lot. Yeah, I would totally agree. Like, the, all those papers he gives, it's like, you know, like, look at a piece of grass and then, like, refocus yourself. And in the game, you'll kind of hear him saying, like, flush it, flush it, and stuff like that. And you'd be surprised at, like, how much that does especially for people that, like, go, like, up and down quick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if he wasn't keeping track of the numbers, who was? Well, I think there was something in the press, maybe when he got inducted into the Hall of Fame that said mm-hmm. how many wins he was at, and then one of the parents, like, 
kind of kept it up and then okay. i don't know yeah but yeah it was he was like no i had no idea that was going to happen i was just going to count him at the end of the season and i knew it was going to be somewhere in here <laughs> but, well i'm glad that you guys got to experience that that was pretty cool i yeah, talked to him mm-hmm. you know that day when it happened and he was uh one of the interesting things that he said to me is the best part about being a coach for him it's not so much the wins. He he loves that. He you know he gave all the credit to his players. You know all all four hundred of those wins are given to the players, but he said it's the relationships and the friendships that he's built with former players. Uh, are you guys looking forward to being one of those? You know after you leave the program, you know still coming back and being able to talk to Coach Herman and and I would imagine that you know he said he's going to stay around as long as his wife lets him. <laughs> yeah. um, are you kind of, are you looking forward to that and and keeping that relationship going? Yeah, I'd say for sure. Like even we got back from our tournament on Saturday, and Kate and Drew Peterson were thrown at the field, and he went out and talked to him for like a half an hour, and it's just like that sort of stuff that like makes the program what it is. Yeah, and like he'll send out email like blurbs after every game, and if you open like the list that it's sent to, it's probably five hundred people, uh, all the alumni and stuff. So it's it's just like a good program that starts like from middle school and then keeps you until however you want to be a part of it yeah i would imagine seeing a guy who's passionate about the game like that makes you passionate too like you can't help but love the game when you're around that kind of attitude yeah for sure i spent like his his big thing like we we started the season off with a few mercies and you know he was like and then we had one game where it was a one-run game and he, he came up to us and he was like i love i just love those one-run games way more than the mercies like I just love the the squeeze bunts to win a game and that sort of stuff. And that's like, yeah, that like carries on throughout the whole team. Do you prefer the close games to the to the mercies, or do you sometimes like, all right, let's we can take a breather on this game because we know we're gonna win. <laughs> uh, I definitely prefer the close games because sometimes in those those mercy games, sometimes late in the game you start to try and like drift and yep. Start to focus on other things, but that's that's the hard part about baseball. You got to stay focused, or they can just get right back into the game. Yeah. You just find James's uncrustable stash yeah. <laughs> in the dugout. Yeah. yeah, just those long run games just keep you more into the game and more focused and ready to play. Mm-hmm. What's uh, assuming you guys get can get back there this year? What's something that you learned from last year's trip to Michigan State in the semifinals that you're like that you'll be prepared for this time? Uh, I would say Coach Herman told us this last year, and I, he's probably told every team this. He said, like, in 2014, I think 2014, 2015, he had back-to-back teams, and he said the first team, first year his guys were all nervous, and they thought they couldn't play with these downstate teams. And then the next year they realized, you know, that they're just as good. They can compete. And I think that's what our biggest mistake last year is we went in. This team just looked a lot better than us. They and then they ended up playing a lot better than us. So, And we really probably could have kept up with them. So I think that's going into this tournament, knowing that we can beat any team. Is that the mm-hmm. identity of this Glen Lake team, then, that sort of confidence and knowing your skill, your talent level, and, and being in that kind of mind frame where you're like, yeah, we can, we can play with anyone. Is that the identity that you guys are trying to kind of create on the team? Uh, yeah, definitely. He likes to tell us that... Um, if we play our game, it's we're a very tough team. If we just focus on our game and how we're playing, it's really tough to beat a baseball team like that because you're just doing your job. And if you focus on the other team, it's just you start to make mental errors. Like 
you watch an infield outfield or something and you see them making great throws and stuff like that, it just like kind of gets in your head. So we don't really focus on other teams when they do that all the time because we just want to play our own game and worry about how we play. Yeah. yeah. His thing before like every game is the only team that can beat Glen Lake is Glen Lake. So that's kind of what we live by. Should we get in a heads up, James? Sure. All right. You guys, so we're going to do, or we'll do uh, two rounds each of heads up. We will uh, we'll, we'll do it here on my cell phone. And we'll try to decide. James, you want to pick the category this week? What are the options again? All right, hold on. As it loads up. So the first, uh, I'll say this, uh, the first two did Animals Gone Wild, and then last week they did Work It, which was all like jobs and careers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, we're not going to make and you and guys. Won. Yes, they, won they with yeah, one. Yeah. Um, we're not going to make you do accents and impressions <laughs> of karaoke nights, so you don't have to sing or, or talk weird. you really, really want to. <laughs> um, so the decks that I have are Work It, Totally 80s, Animals Gone Wild, Blockbuster Movies, Accents and Impressions, Wish You Were Here, which is like landmarks and stuff, uh, Video Games, Karaoke Night, Seinfeld, Harry Potter, Star Wars, Express Yourself? What is that? Put your acting skills. Oh, so we can't do that. Charades, kind of. Yeah, that doesn't make any yeah. sense. We're not going to do that one. Uh, Sounded Out. Is that another singing one? No, get your teammate to guess what's on the card by making sound effects. No talking. Let's do this one. <laughs> oh my We're not going to make you guys this do like this one. This is like the impressions Yeah, one. I know. It's going to be terrible. It's horrible. It's going to be awful. We're not gonna, it's going to suck. We're going to be... It's gonna uh, well, let's do this. But we may get some cheap laughs. Yeah. All right, so it's time to get to make some noise. Get your teammate to guess what's on the card by making sound effects. We're doing this. This basically guarantees you guys are going <laughs> to win. Because if you take any category we get, we get to talk and guess, it's gonna it'll make your life easier. For an extra challenge, try not to use any gestures. Screw that. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> we're not doing noises. We should be at least able to do. Do you want to go first, and I'll make the noises? To make it comfortable when you need to make noises. <laughs> You're like, I don't want to do this. This is going to be all. bad regardless, so all let's right. just do it. All right, yeah, you do it. You go, <laughs> I'll give the clues out or the clues. I'll make the noises first. There's the sound. There we go. Duck? Yep. Choo <laughs> uh, choo. Train? Yep. Oh, this is actually going pretty well. Uh, one more. Yeah, very good. Sweet. Wow, we are. Uh, Accordion? Yep, nice. Wow. Jesus. Uh, Yawn? Yep. Uh, bounce, bounce, bounce. Basketball? Bounce. Yep. <laughs> Just put it in a shirt. Uh, <laughs> Ripping paper? Yep. I'm sorry, guys. We're doing way better than I thought we were going to do. I'll leave it out next time. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> skip that one. That was copy machine. Uh, oh. Heartbeat? Yep. Come on, let's get one more. Uh, whoosh. Waves? Wind? Oh, wind. wind. You uh. didn't get it in time, though. Dude, that might be our what best was, round. What was the score, though? We're gonna we'll find out right here. Uh, this might be a little tough. Yeah, sorry guys. We're gonna have to go hard here. We got eight that round. That's not bad. 
Okay, sorry guys. We did, not mean, oh. we did not mean to do that well. Pretty easy. <laughs> Morse code? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big. Am I getting a phone call right now? Yes. Yeah. You are. Okay. Sorry, Jewel Osco. All right. I just saw <laughs> Did that. You see that one? Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna. Um. Like. Pencil sharpener. Yes. <laughs> uh. Jeez. Skip. Yeah. Uh. Tennis. Different Ping kind. Pong? Yes. Uh, ripping paper? Yes. Ripping. Okay. <laughs> Snoring. <laughs> uh, motorcycle? There you go. Nail on it. <laughs> Whistling? <laughs> Drinking? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Gasping? <laughs> Yawning? Uh, ex oh. What was that Sigh. one? Sighing. You guys are... <laughs> Yeah, this is <laughs> this is. I, I, how many things are there per category? Like, would if we did the same one, would it be like repeats? I don't know. But we got sixteen. I feel like we should give you guys. <laughs> I feel like you guys should get three rounds because, like, we're now. This is our. This is the fourth time we've played it, so we're starting. We're getting, to, we're getting better. We're starting to get better. I feel like. I th I think from now on, maybe we can only do one round. We have to do one against two. Yeah. Um, I think. I, I, I don't know if this uh, if the same clues would come up again. Usually, like the it doesn't happen too often. Wouldn't think so because we did the one where we both. So you guys can do sound it out if you want. I've also got on here, like I said, uh, work it totally eighties, animals gone wild, blockbuster movies. If you guys are big movie buffs, uh, accents and impressions, wish you were here, which are landmarks, video games, karaoke. If you guys want to sing, we'll let you sing. No, he's a big singer, but. <laughs> You do kind of look like you've got... Have you ever been told Zac Efron? I actually have been told that a few yeah, times. Yeah, because I'm like, he walked in there and I was like, is, it, is High School Musical? I'm watching 17 again. Uh, express Yourself, which uh, that's acting out. Best of the decade, pop culture. Pop culture, if you guys are into pop culture now, it's like a lot of it, because I've played it and my nephews will... And I'm completely lost but my nephews who are like 10 11 <laughs> years old they're like oh yeah i know who that is i'm like all right uh superstars which i think are like yeah pop culture celebrities uh, acted out hey mr dj or you can do the easiest one which is just kidding and that's for kids ah that's too easy <laughs> <laughs> no one ever takes that i would always take the easy way out but i guess that's just me Maybe we'll do that one one time. I think maybe we could try Just the same see. one you guys did. You guys want to do Sound It Out? Yeah, I kind of sure. want to try that one. Okay. Okay, so down is good. Down, down is a good right. right. And then, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. And you guys can decide who wants to go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, Fishing. Uh, yes. Yeah. Clapping. We'll give it to you. Yeah. Uh... Blah, 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 blah. Uh, pouring? Yeah. Wow. Nice. Tiger? Or clawing? Uh, scratching? Nails on a chalkboard? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> We're in trouble. Uh, phone call? Pass. Uh oh. 
Plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sneezing. Coughing. Blowing a nose. Yeah. Uh, Elf. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> Rapping. Beatboxing. Yeah. Oh man. Nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what was that last falling. one? Falling. Uh, you passed up on some good ones. I, you passed up on goose I know. and dolphin. I don't know what a goose or dolphin uh, is. Like. Well, I mean, yeah. it's you know what they sound like. It's just, do you have the courage to actually make a go? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they sound like. You don't know what it like. Uh, yeah, a goose would be like, huh, huh. That'd be a, a goose. Nah, I would have been a. I don't. I went to thought out. Okay, we got eight, so we're on oh, track. Oh, you guys tied. are tied. tied. Are we gonna have a tiebreaker here? What would we do with a tiebreaker? We would have uh, to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just slide. There you go. Okay. All right, I'm keeping track of the points here, and I'm not helping either. I was gonna. <laughs> uh, balloon blowing up a balloon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, duck call. That's hard. Pass it. Pass it. Pass it. Uh, pass. Ring, ring, ring. Uh, phone call. Ring, ringing. Doorbell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shaving. Uh, razor. Pass. <laughs> Uh, wee 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 wee. Uh, Police siren. The close ambulance. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Moo. Cow. Yep. <laughs> Z Zipper. Yep. And close. Uh, pass. Uh, pass. Yeah, pass, pass, pass. Owl, a wolf. Yep. Okay, you got it. Uh, pass. You guys got some tougher I ones than us, I think. Man. Would you guys get to There's no six? There's no six. Yeah. Dang. I feel, I feel like I let, let us down a little bit. Six. What was that? Drill. Oh, oh. A drill, yeah. We're back to 500. That's all right. You guys haven't lost a game yet, right? <laughs> no, or one. We lost one. one. Yeah, one. We lost one. Yeah. Well, Eleven and one. That's a little better than five hundred. A little bit. Well, guys, <laughs> thank you so much. One for being good sports and playing that game with us. Yeah. Uh, really appreciate it. Good luck on the rest of the season. So far, uh, all of our guests who have been in the studio have uh, gone on hot streaks and have had good luck after coming on the show. Perfect. So hopefully the uh, the trend continues. Uh, and uh, yeah, good luck on the rest of the season. Thanks. Thank you. Again, to Connor and Luke for joining us here in the Get Around Studio. Uh, really appreciate it. Good luck going forward to the both of them and the rest of the Lakers as they benefit from the Get Around bump. All right, Get Around Hall of Fame time. Uh, our athletes of the week. Uh, I will start off and go with Traverse City Central's Addison Swanson, uh, runner for the Trojan Girls track and field team. Uh, she performed admirably is a, a nice way of putting it. She was great at the Kent Bell Invitational. Uh, helped Central to a second place finish um, to East Kentwood, which 
ran away with it by oh, close to a hundred points. They do a lot. Yes, uh, but she, uh, the senior, uh, she took first in the two hundred, had a personal record time of twenty six point five two, and then she set a season best and won the four hundred with fifty nine point seven six, and then she was the final leg of the first place four by four relay team. Uh, and I was actually there, got to watch that race, and uh, she held off a pretty good runner from Hudsonville coming down the stretch there, uh, and, but made it look easy at the same time. So uh, she is uh, my nomination, Traverse City Central's Addison Swanson. All right. Uh, I will throw out there uh, Michael Beatty from Traverse City Central. Um, shot. Tra- Traverse City West and St. Francis people are going to be very mad at us. Like two Traverse City Central athletes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. But he shot seventy two. Yeah, shot at even par. Yep. Seventy two in the second day of the Traverse City turn tee off, which was a a different format, a kind of a weird format because Central and West took their basically their A teams to a different tournament on Friday. The loop, right? Yeah, the loop over in Ross Common, which is a course that you can play forwards and backwards. That's why it's called the loop. You can play the holes forward and backward. Something like that, yeah. I've never been. I've never played that course, but uh, yeah. Well, I got, I'm looking this up right now. You keep talking. I'm gonna look this. <laughs> I'm gonna look this up because this is. But a 72, which is uh, so they played a, a separate one-day tournament on Saturday for the other teams that were doing kind of the same thing. Um, or just just the day two title, I guess of the of the tournament because because uh, one or two of the teams that played on Friday couldn't come back on Saturday, so they were out of it too, kind of. Uh, I think Sheboygan could only play on Friday because right. they had something else, yep. and somebody, I think somebody else too, and stuff. So the so the field was a little different. They had a one-day tournament, and uh, and BD won with a 72. At, uh, over at Crystal Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Which is not an easy course. I mean, no. that's where they play the, you know, the... the Michigan Open, the Michigan Women's Open. Yeah. Professional tournament there. Yeah, and the Mountain, I think they were playing the Mountain Ridge course. Okay, so renowned golf course architect Tom Doak has golfers turned around in northern Michigan, both literally and figurative. This is off the website mm-hmm. for uh, for the, the loop at Forest, Forest Dunes Golf Course. Uh, have laid out a reversible golf course called the loop. Golfers playing the loop head out on the course's black routing in a clockwise rotation one day. The next, everyone turns around and plays the red routing in a center clockwise manner. I don't know what that means. I mean, I kind of get it. But that seems wild. Mm-hmm. Okay, so good for good for them. Sounds like, I mean... I'll be interested when we have some golfers on here, if we have any of those who participated. Uh, we'll definitely have to talk to them about playing in the loop. Um, okay, so I guess we'll throw both of those in there. A couple of Trojans make it into the Get Around Hall of Fame, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. So congratulations, Traverse City Central's Addison Swanson and Traverse City Central's Michael Beatty. Maybe we could get a couple of golfers on and we could get uh, – you get Tommy Pitts, maybe, whose, whose name looks like Putts. Right. And Harry Chipman from Cadillac. I te- Didn't I text you that? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There were... Yeah, because yeah, they have a guy named Putman. Putman as well. On their team, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Chipman and Putman. They need, All like, they need they is Driveman. Like Agreeman. I- Ironman. They can get, you know, Tony Stark. Mm-hmm. 
All right, let us. Uh, There's got to be somebody named Fairway out there. Oh yeah, I would imagine Fairway Frank. All right, uh, so congratulations uh, to both Addison and Michael. You are the latest inductees into the Get Around Hall of Fame, as I said, the most exclusive club in northern Michigan. All right, let's wrap up the show with the Duo Lipa, the dumbest thing. I said it last week, and I'll say it again every time, the dumbest thing I've ever thought of. Such a dumb name. But uh, with the Kentucky Derby happening on Saturday, I'm, I'm curious to know, uh, James, of the biggest sports spectacles that aren't the major four, so no NFL, no NBA, no MLB, no NHL, which uh, are your favorite to, to take no, like in? No, like NCAA Final Four or no, 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 college I, basketball. No, no, no. I will college put, football so I'll, I'll throw a list out for you. So the Masters, I'll include the British Open as well because I, I quite enjoy the British Open, but I still think the despite the British Open being older, it's known as just the Open. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in the United States, the Masters is a, is a bigger thing. Uh, the Kentucky Derby, the World Cup, uh, both the Daytona and Indy 500, uh, the College Bowl season, so I'll just kind of do that as one, or I, we can okay. even do the college football playoff. Uh, okay. March Madness, uh, Tour de France. I was just looking up, like, the big sports spectacles, Tour de France, uh, World Series of Poker. Tour de France Back- might be interesting. You could, like, maybe get on TV and, you know, cause an accident <laughs> like that like, lady <laughs> did last year. Remember that? No, I don't. What no? happened last year? Oh, there was some woman. Did I, she just I like think it was run one. out. And she was like holding a sign up to publicize something that she was doing. I think it was a woman. I'm not okay. even positive. It was somebody. Like, I don't even know if this happened. And, at and all. they could have been and a they, dream. And they and they leaned out a little bit to get the to get the uh, the sign kind of on TV. Uh huh. And like one of the runners clipped it, or one of the bikers clipped it. And there was this massive pileup. All right, so we're going to go ahead. Massive, massive pileup. And the person ran away through the woods <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> there was kind of like a manhunt for them, for that, in Europe, because I mean, it, it, like, ruined the whole day of the of the Tour de France. Like, pretty much everybody piled up. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll look that up. Uh, I included the World Series of Poker in there as well, because just back in the day, I loved watching the World Series of Poker. Like, I like watching the World Series of Poker. Late, late I, I, don't know, I don't know going to watch it. I don't know if that would, are you talking about going in person? Yeah, either. I mean, yeah. it just I don't know about going that. to watch it, because that seems like it would be really long, really drawn out. But watching it on TV is pretty cool. I, I do like watching poker and playing poker. Okay, uh, so yeah, you go to YouTube. Yep. Spectator <coughs> causes entire... So this was, yeah, 10 months ago. Oh, my goodness. I am watching this. Oh, wow. That is something. <laughs> if you get a chance, go on, go on YouTube. Just uh, spectator causes entire Peloton to crash at Tour de France. Oh, my God. We should just have a new segment just, of the show, which is just Brendan just, watches videos. You just, <laughs> <laughs> you just see some of the bikers, the ones that... that just got passed before it happened. All of them just kind of look back and go, "All right, glad I missed that." Sucks wow. to be you. <laughs> that is wild. Yeah. So yeah, if you could, you could certainly do that. I I do think I included, and this is only because I've not, I've, I've mentioned it several times now on the podcast. But I've become uh, I'm back to being a pro wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. It has happened. I'm just owning it now. So I threw WrestleMania on my list as well because that would be, that's like the, as I was uh, hanging out with Harrison yesterday, uh, people like to call um, the WrestleMania 
the Super Bowl of wrestling. And he was saying he's like some people like to call the Super Bowl the WrestleMania football <laughs> because it's on that that kind of that that level. How about how about the Olympics? The Olympics, I did not. Uh, yeah, that should be on the list for sure. Both uh, be, winter and summer. I mean, for for me, cool. I think, and it's it's recency bias for sure. But man, it would be cool to go to the Kentucky Derby. A Kentucky and Derby be has been one of those. Field. It'd be one of those kind of things that would be like on a, a kind of a bucket list for sure thing. Um, I think World Cup would be too. Uh, I, I this time around no, because nobody wants to watch a soccer games in the desert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like 140 degrees. No one wants there. to be cooked, literally cooked. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. The Masters would be great to just be able to walk around Augusta yeah. and watch like. Could you imagine taking that in as a spectator? It would be amazing. Uh, I don't really have any interest in either the Daytona or the Indy 500. I don't think I can watch cars go in circles 225 times or however. Yeah, I don't know. That is, is that is one thing that I want to do once. I want to go to an NASCAR race once just to just to experience it and see if you know. It's like it's like Chick Fil A, I guess. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I'm, eventually I'll probably go and have some Chick-fil-A and see if, you know, it lives up to the hype. Do you know what I realized about Chick-fil-A? And I've, I found this out listening to a podcast, but the reason why they have such a huge, like when they open in a new place, why they have such a huge line in people, is that the, I think it's the first 100, it's either the first 100 or the first 1,000 customers. It's got to be the first 100. They get coupons for 52 free chick-fil-a meals so you get a free you'd get a free meal a, a hmm. week so the first 100 they get a gift card for that hmm. yeah. that didn't explain why the traffic was backed up for weeks though <laughs> that was and it's right on my way to work i know i'm so sorry and man i'm like does chick-fil-a paying for these cops to be out here directing traffic they better be <laughs> so I'm a, so i was a little mad about that i wouldn't i yeah i bet you've got uh an axe to grind with the Chick-fil-A. Yeah, making me late for work on more than one occasion. Any other ones that you'd uh, uh, that you'd want to attend? I mean, March Madness is that that's cool. The college football that's cool. I think like the Rose Final, Bowl. Final back Four in the day. would be Final Four would be sweet. Especially, yeah. I mean, the the part is you don't know if the teams that you're rooting for are going to be there. You know, I guess. But uh, you know, I think to go to a Final Four would be pretty awesome. Yeah, I, I think like on on my list, my top three would be uh, the Masters, Kentucky Derby, and WrestleMania. Like if I could go to those three largest sports spectacles, you know, those would definitely make my bucket list. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, I can, I can totally agree on on the Masters and and Derby. I think those would both be bucket list things. Wrestling, I'm like, eh. I can watch on TV with you guys. <laughs> Hang out with Harrison for six years, and he'll eventually wear you down to the point where you're like, I guess I'm a wrestling fan now. I'm in. <laughs> I got sucked in. So. All right. Uh, well, that will wrap up episode 217 of the Get Around Podcast. Uh, 217. We're just plowing along, man. 217. That's great. 217, area code. Two weeks. This is what. In uh, two weeks, we're going to hit our own area code. This or is, not, not oh two more yeah. weeks, but I mean two, you know what? Uh, 14 that episodes. Is, that is something I'm going to start doing every single week now. And I, I forgot about it, but 
I remembered Andrew uh, Rosenthal, our uh, fearless former colleague. Uh, I can't remember what episode it was, but he brought it up and he was like, oh, that's the area code for such and such place. 217 is the area code for uh, Champaign, uh, Illinois, which is where I used to live and, uh, live and work. So, so we're going to do, do a champagne toast? We will. That day? We'll do a champagne toast to champagne. We'll, and it'll be my favorite toast of all, which is... Uh, hey, look, we just got a text from Andrew. <laughs> oh, how about that? Speak. His ears must have been burning. So... But, uh, yeah, when we do toast, we'll have to do my favorite one, which is uh, champagne for my real friends and real pain for my sham friends. And with that, we will wrap up episode 217 of the Get Around Podcast and say this episode is in the books.